This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Here tonight. Um, if you take your Bible, hope you brought your Bible, take your Bible. If you didn't, just look on someone else's Bible. Uh, but uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, is going to be our text for tonight. Genesis 12, verse 1. Not a very long chapter, but very, very important chapter in the Bible. Let's first of all start with prayer. As has been prayed, Lord, help us to receive and apply what you wanted for us tonight. Lord, you took the trouble to write this for us, and so, Lord, we pray that we might get the message tonight in Jesus' name. Genesis 12, verse 1, Genesis 12, 1. Please follow along. The Lord had said unto Abram, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. Into the land of Canaan they came, and Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sychem, unto the plain of Moreh, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto thy seed, will I give this land? And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. He removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. It came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarai, his wife, 
Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians see thee that they shall say, this is his wife, and they will kill me. But they will save thee alive. Now say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. It came to pass that when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and he asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why saidest thou she is my sister, so I might have taken her to me to wife? Now therefore, behold, thy wife, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him and sent him away and his wife and all that he had. Boy, what a chapter this is. So, you know, you got to continue a little bit. Just look at verse chapter 13, just continuing on with this, because it is one narrative, just a little bit of 13. And Abram went up out of, the, out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. Unto the altar, under the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. You really have to have that sandwiched in with the rest of it. So here we are. Here we are back in the gospel according to Sapphira. <laughs> Anybody remember that from last week? Uh, <laughs> no, this is not the gospel of Sapphira. This is the gospel of what? Moses, right. Because the person who says, well, now, how can you say that? How can you say that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy are the gospel according to Moses? Well, the four books that we call the gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were not in existence when Jesus lived, when the Lord Jesus lived. And if they were, the Lord Jesus would have said, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote of me. That's what he would have said. But the books that did exist when the Lord Jesus was here were the five books of Moses. And what the Lord said specifically about Moses was in John 5.46. John 5.46, he said, For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. Moses wrote of him, just like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, in addition to the Gospels, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have the Gospel according to Moses. That's why we call the five books the Gospel according to Moses, because they wrote, he wrote of the Lord Jesus. Now, we want to look here in the life of Abraham at a particular period in Abraham's life, a very dark period a period of Abraham's failure, and praise God, his recovery. Abraham's failure and recovery. How many of you like classical music? I like classical music too. You ever notice in classical music how it has movements? There's the first movement. Most of them have four movements. The first movement, 
second movement and symphonies have these movements, you know? So, I, so, I, 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 so tonight I want us to look at this passage here with four movements. The first movement is Abraham's greatness. The second movement is Abraham's failure. The third movement is Abraham's feeling of loss. And the fourth movement is Abraham's recovery. Okay, you ready? Here we go, first movement. So when we look at here at the greatness of Abraham, the first thing that we know about Abraham that comes to our mind is his faith, his belief. This is what the scriptures hold out to us as the outstanding quality in this man. It was his unusual faith that Abraham had in God. We all talked before that faith means confidence. So that means that Abraham had an unusual confidence in God, an outstanding confidence in God. If God was a surgeon, Abraham would say, I'm just happy to be put to it under. I know you'll do a good job on me. That's a confidence. That's a faith. And when God made a promise to Abraham, Abraham just believed God. Abraham didn't wonder. I wonder how God's going to do that. Abraham didn't argue or question with God like someone else named Moses did. Abraham didn't ask others, well, what do you think about what God just told me? Abraham just believed God. And it didn't matter how outlandish, how unlikely the promise was that God made to Abraham. Abraham just believed God. And that was an exceptional quality in Abraham's life that made him great. That's Abraham's greatness, his faith. And when God made a promise to Abraham, Abraham was not initially shocked. He wasn't initially surprised. He wasn't taken back. And all of this is summed up in Romans chapter 4, verse 16. When Paul speaks about this in Romans 4, 16, Paul says, the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be, and being not weak in faith. He considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. See, in those verses, Abraham knew that he was listening to, he was hearing from the God who raises the dead, the God who raises to life the dead. He knew he was listening to the God who calls into being things that are not. God calls into being from nothing. That's what creation is. You want to know a definition of creation, what this museum is founded on? It's, it is that God called into being from nothing. That's where the whole crux of the matter comes between evolution and creation. Evolution says, no, things came into being from things that are, 
and creation God calls into being from nothing. And Abraham got it. Abraham would like this museum. <laughs> and the greatness of Abraham is seeing these verses when it talks about he believed in hope, against hope, he believed in hope. That's like Abraham was standing in the middle of a river, and the river has a strong current, and it's pushing on Abraham, and Abraham is standing there strong, and the river is saying to Abraham, God can't do that, God can't do that, God can't do that, and Abraham stands firm in the river. Abraham was great because he was not weak in faith. And when Abraham was pushing about 100 years old and God promised that he was going to have a baby, Abraham was so great, he didn't consider his own body dead, it says, or the deadness of Sarah's womb. When God told him that, God made that promise to him. It says he gave glory to God. He went out and had a baby shower for the baby that was going to come because he was strong in faith. And the two little words that show you the strength of Abraham's faith if you want to say, what are two words you can describe Abraham as? It's the word staggered not. It didn't knock him off his foot. He didn't go, whoa, what did he just say? He didn't go, whoa, excuse me? He didn't say, are you kidding me? He said, you can't be serious. You know, Abraham staggered not. But he gave thanks to God for the coming baby. And if you want these two words to describe Abraham, he staggered not. Now, the reason he staggered not is because he was so completely and fully persuaded that God was able to do what he said. That was the greatness of Abraham's faith, great faith. But faith means absolutely nothing if there's no obedience. Because James says in James 2.20, faith without works is dead. It's dead. And so Abraham had the type of belief that behaves. He had a belief that behaves. Here's a little song, a little kid's song. It says, the kid's song goes like this. Let it be seen that with thee I have been, Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Let it be known that I'm truly thine own by all my speech and behavior. That was Abraham. He had a belief that behaved. He had a belief that behaved. Now, the greatness of Abraham's faith was seen when he was called to leave his family, to leave his familiar home, to leave his familiar people, his familiar city, to leave his familiar countryside there, to go to a place as is described in Hebrews 11.8. Hebrews 11.8 says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should afterward receive for an inheritance obeyed, he went out not knowing whither he went. So if you asked Abraham when he was called to leave his home in Ur of the Chaldees, Abraham, where are you going? Abraham would reply, I'm going to where God's calling me to go. And then if you say, well, Abraham, exactly where is that? Abraham would reply, I don't know. I don't know where it is. Well, Abraham, if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to know when you get there? And Abraham would say, well, God who called me to leave, and I'll start walking, and then he'll tell me when I get there. That was the faith that obeys God. And that's the reason why Abraham was so great. And that's why he's called the father of faith. That's what we call the father of all of us believers. He's our pattern. He was also great because Abraham had this unusual love for God. He loved God, and God loved Abraham. 
As a matter of fact, God called Abraham his friend. He says that in Isaiah 41.8. Isaiah 41.8 says, But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Imagine that. God saying, well, he's a friend of mine. There can be no greater statement for a person than to say, than for God to say, he's my friend. What a thing to put on a tombstone, a friend of God's. And that's exactly what God called Abraham, a friend of God's. And Abraham was great also because he kept his family under control. And this is what God said about that he knew about Abraham in Genesis 18:19. Genesis 18:19, God said, "I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. They shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him." If anyone lived under Abraham's roof, might have been a tent roof, but still a roof. Abraham held the command over that person. Abraham was not loose. Abraham was not tolerant when it came to obeying God for people that lived in his house. Now, when they left Abraham's house, they were on their own, like Ishmael, who left Abraham's house. He didn't live for God when he left for Abraham's house. But when Ishmael lived under Abraham's roof, Ishmael obeyed God. So Abraham was great because he had this exceptional faith, because he had this exceptional, outstanding confidence in God. He, he believed God. He didn't question. He was great because he obeyed God. He was great because he loved God. He was a friend of God. He was great because he kept his household under control, and he made sure everyone in his house obeyed God. So finishes the first movement in the symphony of Abraham's failure and recovery, Abraham's greatness. But in spite of how great Abraham was, there just came this moment in Abraham's life. There came this time, there came this period in Abraham's life when his faith failed. His faith failed. And this is what we, we're looking at now when he went down into Egypt. And we want to investigate this and we want to ask the question, why did Abraham's faith fail, and if we could, if Abraham was here, and he could get up and give the message now, and I'd sit down, I'd sit right over there, and Abraham would stand up here right in my place, and he would go through the, his history, and when he came to this passage here about this period of life when he went down into Egypt, he would hang his head in shame, and he would say, this was a dark period in my life when I went down to Egypt. And then we would want to know. We'd say, well, tell us why. Why did you do that? And then he would tell us what happened, and he would explain to us, look, the root problem was I took my eyes off of God, and I put my eyes on myself and on my problems and then maybe Abraham would say, now, I don't know, I don't want to feel unusual up here. So how many of you, Abraham might ask, how many of you have ever taken your eyes off yourself, off of God, and put them on your, yourself and your problems? And if we were honest, every hand would go up. And then Abraham would say, good, I feel at home now. And then Abraham would tell us that, look, I was a shepherd. 
I was a shepherd, which means livestock was what I did. And, and in obedience to God, I left Ur of the Chaldees. I came to this land of promise, this land of Canaan, and he would tell us that when he first arrived, he said, he would say, oh, Canaan was beautiful. It was a beautiful land. It had lush hillsides, and, and his animals did well and flourished there in Canaan. And Canaan is great for flocks because Canaan is like San Diego County. It's great as long as there's rain. <laughs> and when there's no rain, our water bills go up. But in Canaan, there are no sprinklers. And so the green hills do what happens here in the summertime when you take that drive out backcountry on 94. The green hills turn brown. And then the brown turns to yellow and yellow to white. And finally, the crops fail. The animals have no grazing. And that's just what happened to Abraham in Canaan. There was a famine in the land. And that's what happened in Canaan, a famine in the land. And the Bible says the famine was grievous. And Abraham was out every day of that famine, and he watched his livestock get thinner and thinner, and he watched his livestock struggle more and more, nuzzle their snout deeper into the dust layer of the earth, trying to find some root to eat. And he watched as one animal after another just fell down and died for lack of food. And there was nothing that Abraham could do. And Abraham's heart quaked. And Abraham's heart trembled when he saw this with this haunting thought, what will I ever do and what is going to happen to me? And then as Abraham is telling us all this story, you know, he, would, he would hold his head in shame and he would say, I took my eyes off God and I put my eyes on my problems. And we would say, Abraham, how could you do that? You're the great man of faith. How could you do that? And he'd say, I just got overwhelmed by the problems. The famine just overwhelmed me. It was all I could think about. Abraham would say, I know I should have remembered how God provided for me. I left Ur of the Chaldees. I walked out into the desert with nothing, and God took care of me. I should have remembered that the God I worship is the God who prepares a table in the wilderness. And, and, but I just forgot because I feared this famine. And Abraham would say, I just decided to leave Canaan. The land of promise, yes, I know, but I decided, and I decided to go down into Egypt. Now, Egypt in the Bible is always a picture of the world. It's a place of great plenty. There's so much food in Egypt. Egypt has so much food because of one river called the Nile. And the Nile River is so rich in nutrients, it's hard to describe, but the Nile starts off from two points in Africa. It starts off in Tanzania at Lake Victoria, and it flows north to go into Egypt. And that's the White Nile. And the Blue Nile starts off in the mountains up there in Ethiopia, and it travels and they converge together to form the Nile that goes into Egypt. And as it travels across Africa, across deserts, across lands that where many things have died, it picks up such a rich bounty of nutrients that by the time that it gets to Egypt, it's miracle grow water. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.